0: Welcome to the Cybersecurity TLDR Show, where we save you time by providing you the too-long-didn't-read summary of cybersecurity topics and news. You can find us on YouTube through video and all the popular podcasting platforms for audio on the go. Now let's get over to your host, John Good. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm your host, John Good. This is going to be your Threat Intel Briefing for the week of January 15th, 2023 through January 21st, 2023. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. That way that YouTube knows that you enjoy this content and shows you when new content's uh, pushed out. If you're listening on podcasting platforms, because we are available on all the popular podcasting platforms, make sure to subscribe on there as well and leave a review. Let me know if you enjoy the show, if there's anything different that you want to see or anything like that. Also, make sure to check out the description because there will be a link to the show notes where you can see all the articles that we talk about. And of course, we don't dive into all the details of all the articles, but you can read a little bit more about the articles as well as some other articles that we didn't get to, but that were also uh, current events that happened within the week. So without any further delay, we're going to go ahead and we're going to jump right into the articles. So first article Norton LifeLock warns that hackers breached password manager accounts. Uh, Gen Digital formerly Semantic Corporation and Norton LifeLock is sending data breach notifications to customers, informing them that hackers have successfully breached Norton password manager accounts and credential stuffing attacks. According to a letter, sample shared with the office of the Vermont attorney general, the attacks did not result from a breach on the company, but from, but from account compromise on other platforms. More specifically, the notice explains that around December 1st, 2022, an attacker used username and password pairs that they bought from the dark web to attempt to log into Norton customer accounts. The firm detected an unusually large volume or fi- of uh, failed logons attempts on December 12th, 2022, indicating credential stuffing attacks where threat attackers try out credentials in bulk. By December 22nd, 2022, company had completed its internal investigation, which revealed the credential stuffing attacks that uh, had successfully compromised an undisclosed number of accounts. So yeah, with password attacks and kind of brute force attacks, there's all kinds of different ways that you can do it. You know, one way is password spraying basically where you have one password and you have a bunch of accounts and you test that password a bunch uh, against a bunch of different accounts. That's one way of doing it. Of course, standard brute forcing is, you know, trying to uh, test a bunch of passwords against one account that tends to lead to uh, locking out accounts. Whereas something like password spraying, doesn't lock out accounts typically because it might take a while to test that password against a bunch of different accounts. But regardless, there's a whole bunch of different ways. I think the biggest thing that, you know, is really what we should focus on here is that no company is immune to attacks. No uh, company is immune to being breached, right? I know that with password managers, especially, LastPass has obviously been on the news a whole bunch because, you know, everybody jumped on the bandwagon to immediately say that they were you know, a bad company and that all these bad things about their product and everything like that. But you have to kind of keep it that in perspective here. And I think that kind of emphasizes that point, right? Every company is going to get breached. Every company is going to get hacked. A lot of times, sometimes, well, sometimes rather, you'll see multiple things coming out in the news at once, but, you know, no company is immune to getting breached. And I think that just kind of, again, underlies, and uh, underscores and emphasizes that point. So keep that in mind. It doesn't matter what password manager that you have. Also too, we've talked about this before, but going into a cloud service, a cloud password manager, especially, you're giving up some of that security that would come with an offline password manager. So if you just have a password vault or password manager, on your local computer obviously your computer has to get breached in order for somebody to get access to that vault or you know to be able to take that encrypted vault or whatever it is away right if you have it in the cloud you're opening up that surface so that an attacker could do that so there's other things too right with an online password manager but just keep in mind that's with security as a whole you know once you go when you go one certain way, you're going to give up options or things that you would get by going another way. It's just a balanced uh, balance trade-off. So keep that in mind. But very interesting article nonetheless. Next article, CircleCI hacked via malware on employee laptop. Software development service CircleCI has revealed that a recently disclosed data breach was a result of information stealer malware being deployed on an engineer's laptop. The incident was initially disclosed on January 4th when CircleCI urged customers to rotate their secret keys. Our invest And this is a quote, "'Our investigation indicates that the malware "'was able to execute session cookie theft, "'enabling them to impersonate the targeted employee "'in a remote location, "'and then escalate to a subset of our production systems,'' the company said. A "'Compromised employee account was used "'to generate production access tokens, "'which allowed the, att- uh, the hackers to access and exfiltrate data from a subset of databases and stores, including customer environment variables, tokens, and keys. So again, this is related, right, to password managers and those being breached. Uh, And the idea is, you know, when these things happen, you have to rotate keys, you have to change passwords, right? Like you should not rely on the security that is in place when this stuff happens. So for instance, with the password managers, you shouldn't solely rely on that master password or whatever the initial entrance requirement is to get into that vault, into that encrypted space, right? You should take extra precaution and go ahead and change passwords, change your master password. These are all pretty standard things. When you're dealing with tokens, regenerate tokens, right? If you're dealing with SSH keys or something like that, regenerate the keys. These might seem like kind of basic things or basic thoughts of things to do. You might just be like, well, no, it's secured, right? I, I had a long enough password and it was safe. But you know, that mindset is kind of what leads down the road to being breached, right? Because you kind of, you know, you got comfortable, we'll say, you got complacent with how security is and how efficient or how great of security that you implemented and you just kind of ignore the signs. So great uh, great security starts with doing the little things and then it kind of expands from there. So, you know, I think it's pretty, uh, that should be pretty commonplace, but it's not. (laughs) And of course, employee laptops, you know, employees are definitely always susceptible to attacks, getting malware on their endpoint systems. Uh, Hopefully you have endpoint protection, something to scan for malware or threats or anything like that. If not, you know, that's probably a bigger issue. (laughs) But uh, yeah, you know, you should definitely um, change your tokens, change your passwords when things like that happen, no matter how secure that service or product is. Uh, Next article, U.S. to launch third iteration of hack the Pentagon bug bounty program. US Department of Defense, DOD has confirmed that it will soon launch the third part of its hack the Pentagon bug bounty program it was first unveiled in 2016. According to a dedicated page on the SAM.gov website, the initiative will rely on cybersecurity researchers to find vulnerabilities in the government's facility-related control system, the FRCS network. The FRCS infrastructure includes systems used to monitor systems related to real, uh, real property facilities like fire and safety systems, heating, ventilation, and air conditioning, HVAC utilities, and physical security systems among others document also clarifies that the critical bug bounty program will only involve unclassified information systems and operational technology contained within the pentagon frcs network so bug bounty programs in general are very very popular there's a lot of companies that are using them against their systems their networks their products whatever it is right because you want to find vulnerabilities that's, that's the point of a bug bounty program. With the, the government, the uh, Hack the Pentagon, the US government, the US military, their programs uh, typically have a little bit more restrictions on them because, you know, well, you can look at the actual restrictions of what's required to actually participate in these programs, but because they are a little bit more sensitive systems, they wanna be a little bit more careful with who they allow and who they vet into these programs. So keep that in mind, check out the requirements for the program. If you want to get involved, make sure that you qualify. Don't just start hacking the systems, right? that would be really bad, but they've already shown from the other programs, the other times that they've ran them, that they've had a lot of success in finding vulnerabilities and finding them pretty quickly. So that's great. And they pay out, you know, quite well. Um, you know, obviously it's not going to be like a Google. Right, And you're not gonna get a couple hundred thousand dollars probably for a vulnerability, but um, you're gonna get paid a decent, uh, decent bounty and you'll be doing something good for you know, the US government. So that's pretty awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, get involved, right? If you're looking to get into cybersecurity, and this is kind of where we, we shift gears a little bit, but if you're looking to get into cybersecurity, something like a bug bounty program is a really good thing to get involved in because that's something you can add to your resume. Even if you're in cybersecurity already, again, that's something you can add to your resume and I would highly recommend it, especially if you're interested in that kind of thing, right? If you're interested in like software security, application security, uh, web security, stuff like that, then that's a really good, um, a really good area to get into and that will help bolster your resume. Especially if you want to be a penetration tester, that is literally one of the best ways to get into penetration testing, is join a bug bounty program, find some bugs, get some bounties, and you'll be on your way, right? Like those companies, they love people that do that. So I'm telling you, that's probably the quickest way to get into a penetration testing role, is to find the, uh, join those bug bounty programs and find some bounties, uh, find some bugs and get paid bounties. So other ways, obviously, would be to like find actual vulnerabilities, zero days, things like that, report them, get a CVE associated to your name. But, you know, there's all kinds of different ways to to go about things. So uh, let's see here. Ransomware attack on maritime software impacts 1,000 ships. Oslo-based DNV, one of the world's largest maritime organizations, said it was hit with ransomware on the evening of January 7th and was forced to shut down the IT servers connected to their ship manager system. This is a quote: DNV is communicating daily with all 70 affected customers. Update them on findings on the uh, of the ongoing forensic investigations. In total, around thousand vessels are affected. DNV said in a statement on Monday. All users can still use the onboard offline functionalities of the ship manager software. There are no indications that any other software of, or data by DNV is affected. The server outage does not impact any other DNV services. So, you know, anytime these uh, ships or cars or anything like that, any kind of vehicle planes, right? Like a lot of these systems are becoming more and more connected, like a lot of things, right? And that becomes a concern, obviously, the more integrated that system is, right? And Think of this, let's talk about the, the ship system, right? Like if this system was able to control how the ship maneuvered, right? And that was, you know, the main way that it was told how to maneuver, that's a serious safety concern, right? What if that ship were to crash into something, another ship or something floating in the, in the water or a dock or something, right? Like there's catastrophic events that can happen because of that, same with like a plane or um, you know, a smart car or something like that. All of these things are really of concern the more integrated that becomes. But um, another thing that this makes me think of is those kinds of systems, right? Like the more integrated they are, what are their uh, contingency planning? Like what does their disaster recovery planning look like with that, right? Like do they have redundant connections where maybe they can still recover and it's not going to completely shut it down. Or if these systems get compromised, does that push out to uh, all these devices or all these other um, vehicles and effectively make them you know, deactivated, right? Like, does that completely shut down those vehicles? Obviously that's a whole nother concern, but uh, again, a safety concern, right? And I think that's the biggest thing with any kind of connected system like that is safety. Right, Because when you can shut off the engine, if you can uh, affect the maneuverability of it, brake, accelerate, like any of those things, that's a big concern. Right, So pretty interesting article. Now follow up to that is another article because we're talking about ransomware. Ransomware revenue fell by $300 million in 2022 as more victims refused to pay. Pretty interesting, right? Revenues brought in from ransomware attacks fell from 600, uh, 6, $765.6 million in 2021 to $456.8 million in 2022, according to a new report. Experts from blockchain research firm uh, Chain Analysis attributed the drop to a variety of factors, most notably, that more victims are simply refusing to pay up when threatened by criminal groups. The company tracks the data based on cryptocurrency addresses known to be controlled by ransomware actors, but they noted that the totals are likely far greater because there are many addresses that they have yet to identify. Chain analysis researchers spoke with several ransomware experts to check whether their theory was correct. Michael Phillips, chief claims officer of cyber insurance firm Resilience, confirmed that several meaningful disruptions were driving the downturn in ransomware revenue. These disruptions included Russia's invasion of Ukraine and law enforcement actions against ransomware gangs that included arrests and the seizure of ransoms. So, a lot of things to think about here, right? Obviously, we see a lot of ransomware come out of kind of the Russian area of the world. So, you know, that's definitely a um, you know an impact, right? Because if those people are having to divert their attention to do other things. Uh, We've seen Russia calling people to serve military service. uh, You know, all these different kinds of things. Um, All of that can affect that kind of activity, but also law enforcement, right? Like arresting people, going after people. We also have seen countries like Australia where they're starting to put in legislation or laws or regulations that are preventing companies from actually paying these ransomware groups. So, that's another incentive for companies to not pay. And, um, you know, I think that trend is probably going to continue. I think the other thing, too, is that companies are getting maybe a little bit better at protecting uh, themselves from ransomware attacks, right? If you can build up your re- resiliency and build up other systems or have good backups and do things like that, that's obviously going to contribute to you not having to pay. So, I think there's a lot of a lot of contributors to why that amount is going down. It'll be really interesting to see over the next you know couple of years how that kind of evolves. but it's kind of this back and forth, right? We see new ransomware strands come out, and then we see law enforcement go after them. We see protections come out that hopefully will prevent that ransomware strain from attacking and being successful but uh that's a pretty pretty substantial drop, right. Like that's uh, 765 million to 456 million. I mean, that's not quite half, right? But it's a big chunk, right? So, um, yeah, it will be very, very interesting to see how things kind of evolve with that. I mean, ransomware in general is pretty interesting to kind of watch because we see kind of these ups and downs of, you know, attacking certain companies or certain industries and then going after schools and schools not paying. Uh, Like, I think we saw a few school districts in, like, California or Los Angeles that were um, saying that they weren't going to pay, right? We've talked about that on this show before. So pretty interesting uh, if that will continue to be a big avenue for malicious attackers or if they'll try to go other ways and look for other avenues that maybe, you know, maybe are uh, more lucrative. I don't know, right? We'll see. Uh, Next article, GDPR fines surge 168% in a year. Cost of GDPR fines surge 168% to over $3.1 billion over the past year, uh, although the average number of reported breaches per day fell slightly according to new data from DLA DLA Piper. Global law firm's annual report analyzed all published records of financial penalties that are levied by national data protection regulators Across the EU's 27 member states, the UK, Norway, Iceland, and uh, Liechtenstein. However, it cautioned that it's possible more fines have been issued and not published. Met, uh, Meta had the dubious honor of receiving the biggest fine after the Irish Data Protection Commissioner (DPC) last year levied a $429 million charge for failing to protect the personal information of children using Instagram. That's an art. Uh, that's an incident. Or event that we covered on this show. So definitely go back and check that out. But yeah, I mean, privacy regulations, these are not going away for sure, right? We just see them becoming more and more uh, a thing in everywhere, right? Like in every market. In the United States, we tend to lag a little bit behind Europe with their GDPR because, you know, we just do. So at least at the federal level, We're starting to see states actually take that upon themselves and implement their own privacy regulations and actually go after companies. So, um, you know, if you're looking for an area to get into in cybersecurity, somewhere that is going to boom and become more and more of an important area, compliance is a really good spot. GRC, governance, risk, and compliance, right? Privacy, all of these things are kind of connected and Again, those fines are not going away. Companies are just collecting more and more data and they're really kind of falling more and more into this area that's gonna get regulated by privacy regulations. So I would highly encourage you to check that out. Even if you're not interested in getting in GRC or that compliance space, I hate to break it to you. Most cybersecurity jobs, if not all, are gonna touch compliance in some way, just how it is. So keep that in mind. Uh, next article, Too Many Default Admin 1234 Passwords, Increased Risk for Industrial Systems, Research Finds. Easily guessed default passwords can be a malicious hacker's easiest way to infiltrate a target. And all too often, according to research related Wednesday, operators of critical infrastructure companies aren't updating off the shelf security credentials and internet devices connected, connected to industrial systems. Seeing a lot of the admin 1234 uh, 4 passwords meaning that hackers are still going to be using default credentials in hopes that you haven't changed it. Critical uh, infrastructure cybersecurity has become a concern in the U.S., Uh, such a concern in the U.S. that Biden administration has made it a top national security priority. The White House is expected to release an updated national cybersecurity strategy in the coming weeks, and the administration is likely to call for mandatory cybersecurity rules, particularly vulnerable industries, according to The Washington Post. Yeah, so, <laughs> admin passwords, right? So, when you get new devices in your organization, okay, part of your onboarding process should be to change those default passwords. I just, I, I don't get why this is still not a part of every organization's policies and procedures. This literally is one of the worst things that you can do. You can go to Google right now and you can search for default credentials. There are platforms like Shodan where you can actually go find internet connected devices. And I would not do this because this is obviously a really, really bad to do. Uh, but you know, if they're using default, default credentials, I mean, and it's internet-facing, internet connected, theoretically you could log into those devices. And that's a very easy attack vector you know, with a lot of the, uh, the hacking and penetration testing certifications, one of the early on steps, if you find an internet connected device is that has a login page is do the default creds work, right? Like that, if they work, that's very easy to get into that system, obviously. And I just, I don't get why this is not something that companies focus on more, right? It's just, it's so bad, right? Like it's, it's so bad. <laughs> especially with critical infrastructure and industrial systems and things like that. If you're not doing that, especially in those industries, then your systems and your networks and everything like that are very vulnerable, right? Like I can't imagine how you got past the certification and accreditation or the, um, the authorization, right? The accreditation and authorization process of compliance or critical infrastructure? Like what happened? <laughs> Did your auditor drop the ball like extremely? It's just, it's crazy to me, right? Like you should have never been certified if you have default credits. That's just crazy, right? Like that is just so basic. that It is just like, I, I don't even know what else to say. I'm speechless, speechless. Oh, just not good. Not good, sorry, not good. Uh, Okay, so a career article that we have, global IT spending decreased in 2022. Companies worldwide made deep cuts in enterprise technology spending last year, with tighter information technology budgets, likely to stretch well into the year ahead. Global IT spending contract uh, contracted 0.2% in 2022, dropping to $4.38 trillion. A rare instance of corporations, spending less on digital business tools in the previous year, according to IT consulting and research firm, Gartner Inc. The firm now expects spending to increase 2.4% this year, less than half the rate of uh, its previous estimates in October, and uh, uh, as economic uncertainties continue to rattle markets, Gartner said in a report Wednesday. In the U.S., the unemployment rate for technology occupations in all sectors stood at 1.8% in December, roughly half of the overall national rate of 3.5% according to IT trade group CompTIA. At the same time, the costs associated with funding tech new tech workers has some employers curbing recruiting efforts. December marked the second straight month of declines in IT job postings by U.S. employers CompTIA said. So if you haven't been following Indeed and some of these job market uh, platforms, these websites, There's been a decrease in IT and tech job postings for sure, right? Like we've seen it, especially if you go and you search for some of the major certifications out there or like cybersecurity or IT, there's been a decrease, right? Typically these, these ones that are really popular, have a ton of job postings and there's been enough to notice that it's been, it's been a little bit of pullback, right? And I think that's something to keep in mind, especially for a career, right? So if you're trying to get into this career field, it's gonna make things a little bit harder because there's a little bit less jobs, right? Just how it is. But in a career, how valuable are you to an employer, right? Your current employer or a future employer? How relevant are your is your skill set? Do you have the skills that employers are currently looking for, right? I understand that you can get a job at a company, right? And not have you know all the credentials or some of the credentials that are pretty common in, in a lot of these job postings, right? Like it's kind of like a, um, these are nice to have sometimes what employers are asking for. And so that's great, right? Like you go get your job and you're hired, right? But what happens if that employer cuts you loose, right? Are you still gonna appeal to these other employers that maybe you got interviews for and you didn't get hired or you just didn't get interviews for them at all? That's something to consider because it's not just about having tunnel vision with your current employer. It's about paying attention to the marketplace as a whole still because you need to know that you can go out there and get a job if you get cut loose, right? Like if you're in cybersecurity and you have some of the prominent certifications, you have some experience, and this is just an example, you're gonna be able to find a job most likely. Right? Like there's still some things that could hold you back, but most likely you're gonna have the opportunity to find a job. If you have no certifications and you have maybe like a year experience or something like that, and you're not trying to get anything else and you get cut, it's gonna be challenging to get another job, right? Like that's just how it is. It's probably challenging to get that first job. So you have to continue to skill up and level up your career so that you're more appealing to other employers. That doesn't mean you have to go get every certification or do every lab or do you know all the things, but keep that in mind. If you don't continue to get ahead and really uh, uh, increase what you look like in your appeal and your resume and your credentials, you know, you're not helping yourself, let's put it that way. So I really want you to pay attention to that, right? You always have to be striving to be the most competitive candidate that you are, uh, that you can be. Otherwise, you know, it, it's gonna be hard, right? You're not gonna be recession-proof in that kind of instance. And that's something to keep in mind because the more experience, the more credentials, all these things that you have, all the things that you're doing, the better you look, the easier it is to find employment, right? All the employers that they're asking, you know, kind of for these dream unicorn kind of job postings, well, guess what? The closer that you get to filling those or to matching those, the easier it's gonna be in a downturn to get a job. That's a really important thing to think about. So, especially as you start making more money, and you start getting in some of these better positions, I, I would pay a lot of attention to that. So, uh, really important, really important. I don't know how much I can, uh, I cannot stress that enough. <laughs> it's just, it's really, really important. So uh, with that, that's going to be the last article for this week. Again, this was your Threat Intel Briefing for January 15, 2023 through January 21st, 2023. I'm your host, John Good. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Let me know what you think about the show if you want to see any other kind of content. And I'll definitely look at those and respond back and try to add content to the list, right? Like, I I love getting ideas from everybody because it's stuff that you wanna see. Uh, if if um, If you're listening rather on podcasting platform, make sure to subscribe, leave us a review. And also check out the description because there will be a link to the show notes so you can check out all the articles as well as some other articles that we didn't cover. And with that, we're gonna go ahead and wrap up for this week. I wanna thank you for joining me and I'll see you next time.